Hi, I'm Cheryl and Fenn. Hello, this is Christabel. Hello, this is Michael Horse. Do you enjoy listening to Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the podcast? Have you picked up our book yet? Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book. That has over 100 cast and crew who have contributed to this book. And it's, I think people really love it. I mean, we also have community commentary where a lot of the community have participated in this. It's just a great book. We recommend you pick it up at bluerosemag.com. Thank you for your interest and for your enthusiasm and, and keeping Twin Peaks alive. Hi, I'm Jess Purser, artist and creator of the unofficial Twin Peaks art zine Into the Woods on Kickstarter. Packed with artwork and ideas from my almost 27-year obsession with the show, I'm putting together the zine, original artwork, playing cards, prints, enamel pins, bookmarks and more. But I need your help to make it happen. The more backers we have, the more I can give you. Search Into the Woods on Kickstarter. Thanks for listening. I hope you like it. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Francine, the Lucid Dream. Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Ben Durant, and beside me is... Brian Kazaska. Hi, Brian. Hey, Ben. How's it going? How was your birthday? It was an amazing weekend. I had a great weekend. I went to New York, met up with John Thorne, oh, so uh, went to the Pink Room, saw yeah. Silencio, and we that's what this whole show is going to be about. We're going to talk about uh, my fabulous weekend. Yeah. So without further ado, let's just cut to the chase. Let's go back in time to New York City, and let's uh, revisit your birthday. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming out to Joe's Club this evening, and welcome to the Pink Room Burlesque. Tonight we present to you a burlesque tribute to a television series that has been off the air for 25 years, with just 50 days to go, in its attempt to set the record for the longest mid-season hiatus ever. I will be your host for the first half of this evening's program, my name is Special Agent Albert Rosenfield. That's Albert, A-L-B-E-R-T, Rosenfield, R-O-S-E-N-F-I-E-L-D. I've been sent here to investigate a credible threat against the Meals on Wheels program. Got a letter from a Harold Smith. All right, that was too deep cut, I get it. Amateurs. We're on the phone with Francine the Lucid Dream and Schaefer the Dark Lord. Hi, guys. Hi, thanks for having us back. Hi, thanks for having us back, part two. So on March 31st, there was the Pink Room Barlesque event that I got to attend. It was really exciting because after midnight, I had a birthday, and it felt like one big birthday party for me. <laughs> Francine, I said to you, where should I sit? And you recommended that I sit right in the front. Ah, oh, the best seat in the house. I like to suggest the splash zone. Yes. The splash zone is the best for burlesque shows. What I didn't realize was I was Especially almost on. donuts in the show. Yeah. What I didn't realize I was almost like on the stage. I felt like I was almost on the stage. Schaefer, you were actually the host, which you did an amazing job. Oh, there. thank you very much. Yeah, you were awesome. I 
try to host every show. It used to be in the beginning, I would host all of the shows with Gordon Cole. And then after a while, I felt like I really got to earn my, my keep here with Francine. So I need to start <laughs> stepping this up. So I would start every show, I'd have a new character. And then that wasn't enough. And then a couple of pageants ago, it became two characters per show, so one for each act. And, mm -hmm. and now it's three because there's always like some sort of coda with a different character or an intro. Mm -hmm. But so the show that on March 31st, I was uh, Deputy Andy Brennan, Special Agent Albert Rosenfield, and Regional Bureau Chief Gordon Cole. Nice. And Francine, before the show started, we got to see your movie, a David Lynch movie. Oh, man. I know no, you I'm super jealous. Yes. I missed the movie. It was so good. I loved it. You, <laughs> I thought all... you missed it. Yeah, you missed uh... it. Yeah. Uh, there will be no other opportunities for you to see it now. Oh, no! <laughs> There'll be plenty of opportunities. Yeah, we screened the movie, so we decided that this was such a... We wanted to make this a really big, iconic show, and a lot of people still hadn't seen a David Lynch movie yet, which, by the way, is the short film that I created starring Schaefer, the Dark Lord, and the rest of the cast of The Pink Room. Uh, so we screened it uh, right before the show at Joe's Pub, and I was so busy getting ready backstage. I didn't get to you know, check it out and see the audience response, but I hope people liked it. I think we really enjoyed it. We loved it. I, I want to own the movie. I want you to make it available to buy. I think we've said this to you before. It should be <laughs> Amazon. like Amazon, and I could just buy the movie. I want to watch it over and over and over again. <laughs> That's a great idea. You know, it takes a few viewings to find every Easter egg and every detail that Francine put into that thing because it's a celebration of like the entire works of David Lynch. Yeah. I want to buy and download your song. Because it's so, <laughs> and did you did you write that? Is that something that you put together? The song I made for the first time, I think I hosted the Pink Room, which is a Mulholland Drive show. How many years ago, Francine? Six years ago. I think six years ago. Next month. I had gone and seen a Pink Room show as a civilian. Mm -hmm. And uh, afterward, I just, I basically threw myself at Francine and said, I just want to host this. I love Twin Peaks so much. I love David Lynch so much. I'll do anything. I'll write a song for it. I'll dress up. Yeah, I, I was just, I was, I was really, really trying to um, come bearing gifts to like, to, to kind of prove myself the show. So I, I wrote that song for the first time that I hosted and now I just, I perform it every time we do the show. Please, Mr. DJ, if you would. Madonna Minty is haunted. 
And then Francine made a movie around it. I mean, that song is such a gift because it's very rare that you can find a host who, I mean, who's talented as Shaper, but also can write and perform his own music. And then to create a song that is so specifically tailored to our show mm. um, was amazing. So basically he wrote that song and then he was hired for every single show ever since. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Individually, you may know them as Donna Hayward, Josie Packard, and Audrey Horn. But collectively, ladies and gentlemen, they are the Pink Room Dreams. So the Pink Room Dreams is our group act, which we started doing last year with Bunny Buxom, Ming Farkana, and myself. And we basically play off the schoolgirls of uh, Twin Peaks, although I guess jo Josie's a grown-up version. But Josie Packard, Audrey Horn, and I play Donna Hayward. Because there are just so many damn characters in Twin Peaks, we had to find a way to fit them <laughs> in the show. So we put three together. Ming Farkana is great and I'm actually sad we didn't get to have any of her other acts in the show but she has um, a couple other amazing acts Josie Packard is sort of her like standard character act but she does this act to the song The Pink Room uh, which she created actually even before she started doing my show I met her at a uh, New York School of Burlesque showcase and she did this crazy act to The Pink Room wearing this like creepy zebra mask and I saw it and I was like oh my god she's amazing wow. she has to be in the show I didn't know that you didn't? no that's where we huh. and, uh, yeah. yeah. I just always amazing. assumed that she made that act for one of your shows no it was a pre-existing act I think that was one of her first burlesque acts in general and I was like okay that's going in <laughs> that's when you like walk over and you're like hi I'm Francine the Lucid Dream and we're friends now <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> I believe everything's gonna work out just peachy for all three of those young ladies I'm certain that none of them is going to witness her father commit murder or be blown up in a bank or perhaps have her soul eternally damned to the wooden knob of the dresser drawer. Oh, shoot, spoilers. Is there anybody here who hasn't watched Twin Peaks before? Really? Okay. I don't know, maybe things do work out for those three young ladies and perhaps we'll find out in May, <laughs> on Showtime. Now, dedication to duty is not the only reason I'm here. I'm not just here to investigate the threat on the Meals on Wheels program. There's more to it. Um, Regional Bureau Chief Gordon Cole sent me. Seems he's concerned about a particularly quirky colleague of mine. Or, as Cole so succinctly put it, <clears throat> I am worried about Coop! <laughs> Seems yes, in addition to this relatively small task that we've been sent up here, there's still that kind of unfortunate business about the unsolved attempt on the life of a federal agent in a sleepy hillbilly hamlet of 51,000 people and no eyewitnesses. So it looks like I'm, uh, I'm on the case to take care of that too. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, also let's hear it for our additional stagehand, Shelly Johnson. Foxy Vermouth in Twin Peaks 2013. Uh, she won as Shelly Johnson, so she came back. She didn't do um, her number this time because we just had so many people to show, but she's such a huge part of the show, and she has been over the years. So she came just to be her wonderful, gorgeous self, and she played Shelly Johnson, so she helped out on stage and backstage, as well as Petite Renard, who is now our resident owl, and she's the most adorable and wonderful owl I've ever met. I had this moment, like, during the show, unlike, I think, more conventional burlesque shows, as a host, I don't intro and outro people by performer names. I just do them by their Twin Peaks characters. At Curtain Call, I say everybody's name. So we've always referred to Petite Renard as the owl, and she usually go-go dances or or does pick up on the stage, but she's, you know, involved in a lot of the shows, and she always, she's got that great owl costume. But I don't think it was until you know, a couple weeks ago where I had this moment where I was like, oh, we always refer to her as the owl. 
Like, not just an owl, the owl. Point out that this is not just an owl, it's the owl. The owl. Oh my goodness, you were the one that was a conduit for Bob for like a few minutes. Which temporarily contains the spirit of Bob. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Oh my God. We use a definitive article that makes me think, well, like, which owl is the owl from Twin Peaks? It's that one. The one that, like, (laughs) freaks out Major Briggs in the woods. (laughs) Awesome. Oh, that's uh, creepy. I'm never going to look at Petite the same way again. <laughs> I know, right? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Special Agent yes. Dale Bartholomew Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> and let's see, there's so many, there were so many great acts that night, and one of them for me was uh, that I really liked was uh, Legs Malone, who did uh, the Cooper yeah. and her, her, her fixation with a donut. I thought it was wonderful. I thought she was really into character and really, it was it was a fun piece. Each one of these performers make their own act or is it, how does this come about, Francine? Yes, no, burlesque is one of those unique performance arts where, I mean, yes, there's a certain amount of casting involved because um, you want to bring a lot of variety to the show, but everyone puts together their own act. Everyone, for the most part, makes their own costumes and choreographs their own thing and, you know, sometimes edits their own music together. Um, it's a very like do-it-yourself sort of art form. Of course, we help each other too. Some people, you know, are better at costumes or better at choreography uh, or whatnot. But um, but no, the, the, the thing that is so beautiful about burlesque, and I, I think in particular David Lynch burlesque, is that all these wacky weirdos have come up with the crazy ideas they put on stage themselves. That is Obviously awesome. with the help of an inspiration of David Lynch. The cast that Francine has booked over the years, you wouldn't know how few people are in the core cast of the show because so many of them have a half dozen David Lynch characters that, and they're all total shapeshifters. It's like, it's this whole universe is represented in like, you know, a dozen to 20 performers. I think that's the fun thing about doing David Lynch or like specifically Twin Peaks burlesque is that there's so many different characters and so many different themes and you can have an entire show. And I mean, we did that huge show that you saw and that was still just a tiny selection of all the acts that we've had in the show over the years. You know, there are some really funny ones that, you know, we couldn't even fit into the show. There's some like really dark ones too. (laughs) We didn't get to fit in the show, unfortunately. (laughs) The amount of time it took to change costumes weren't an issue. I feel like Francine could book... (laughs) A, a two-hour synchrom <laughs> show of just her act. Wow, wow. <laughs> you have a count of... I counted this. I recently tweeted this. I came up, and this is not including, like, the different versions I've done, you know, because I've done different versions with, like, live bands and stuff like that. Huh? But just the basic acts that I've done just for Twin Peaks burlesque is at least 10. So that's wow. a full wow. show I could yeah. do. Yeah. I like, started counting all the David Lynch burlesque acts that I have, it's got to be over 20 at this point in my life. Wow. <laughs> That's that crazy. And And Francine, the highlight for me was you singing the Sycamore Trees. Ah, uh, what a treat I heard. Uh, when she performs that number, that's uh, always a show highlight for me too. I've always loved that song. I mean, ever since... Ever since the finale in uh, 92, I, uh, I've loved that song and um, I've never gotten to see it performed live by anybody. It's always a treat when I get to see her do that number. Listen, Francine, I don't know if I've mm-hmm. ever told you that, but I love seeing that number so much. I didn't know that. Thank you so much. That means the world to me because to be totally frank with you and all your listeners, doing slow singing acts are probably the one thing that terrifies me the most. It's my first Twin Peaks burlesque act. It's my first David Lynch burlesque act. It's the first act of the Pink Room Burlesque when we first started doing the show. And I took a chance on it because I love Jimmy Scott's version of it. I actually got to meet Jimmy Scott when he came to do a very intimate show at Dwayne Park a number of years ago. I got to meet him before he sadly passed away. That song is just so haunting and beautiful and I just try to do my best with it (laughs) because I admire Jimmy Scott and his version of it so much. That means a lot to me, so thank you very much. And I'm glad you got to see it. Anyway, of course, we're speaking about the evil, malevolent spirit known as Bob. I'm sure if you're a big Twin Peaks fan, you probably know that there's a fascinating story about how a carpenter on the set named Frank Silva ended up becoming the actor who played Bob, correct? You know this story? Yes. Well, if you don't, I'm not gonna tell you. 
but rather I'm going to allow David Lynch to tell you. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Bob. One of the funny, funny things happened was uh, with uh, Matt Knife, who did, he played uh, Bob. He was quite a character. He, Were you expecting to see a funny killer Bob act? I was not expecting that. I was not expecting that. I, I also wasn't sure if I was expecting a man because all the throughout almost the acts were all they're all women. So yeah. all of a sudden we have a male character come in, but he is pretty silly. But I don't know if you know this, but like, so he's doing his act and he's got Frank label on there. Ah, uh, that's he, cool. He, he takes it off, he runs towards me and he smacks me in the head and he puts the label on my head. <laughs> <laughs> and I cracked up. I was like laughing and like, cause I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to be yeah. part of the act. And I think I probably was pretty stiff through most of it. So I really kind of like yeah, loosened you up, up from yeah, yeah, smacking yeah. me on the head. <laughs> like, hey, have some fun here. And I actually left the tag on, I left it on my head until until the, until the performance ended. <laughs> His Killer Bob act uh, is as much a tribute to Killer Bob as it is to Frank Silva, and he's great in general. All of his acts, he's really good at bringing in the audience and sometimes actually making the audience participate. So I didn't see that part, but that's really funny that you did that to you. So yeah. I'm really glad you sat in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of our acts are choreographed in other things. Sometimes things happen spontaneously, just depending on the you know proximity to the audience. And you know, yeah. he, pro he probably could tell that you were having a good time and felt like you know you're a nice guy. Can maybe mess with you a little bit. Right. You enjoy it. <laughs> it's funny, <laughs> That's my I, guess. And I was afraid that like maybe I was too stiff. Like it's like I've never been here before, <laughs> and maybe he thinks I need to lighten up. I don't know. I feel like I've seen a number of paper max over the years that have involved the audience somehow, and almost always because it's based on the material of David Lynch. It's mm. done in a way to make said audience member uncomfortable. And I think my favorite of those was uh, David Delgado, who was in uh, Francine's Dune shows. Mm. Mm. She was a Bene Gesserit, and she actually had the box that you mm. have to put your hand in for the, the test of faith and was approaching people in the audience with it. And I saw people look <laughs> genuinely concerned about uh, how how method is this? Is something is there going to be terrible searing pain inside? And I, I think that that's great. I think that a lot of the performers in the pink room have, have done various things to cast the audience over the years. Yeah, and I think only one audience member died from putting their hand in a box, right? <laughs> I think it was it was the first show because we were still working out kinks. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, hey, how, let me ask you this. How do you like Chagaladonna, our drinking game? Oh, boy. <laughs> What's going to happen is this is a drinking contest to see who can drink their beer the fastest. Now... You're going to be paired off with one of our cast members. Suzette, we're going to put you with the log lady. Brandon, you're going to be with Coop. Ha <laughs> ha! The trick to this game is that you are not allowed to use your hands, and you will have to be on your knees, and our cast members are going to hold these beers in a suggestive manner that is going to be hilarious to your friends. <laughs> What, what was the trouble? What was that? Wow. I, all I can say is I'm glad that I was not picked. They're not just drinking beer from you know, a couple of strangers who are holding that beer bottle in a very suggestive manner, but they're actually, it, these strangers are also Amelia Bearpark while dressed as uh, the log lady and like Malone while dressed as Dale Cooper. Yes. Oh my God. So it's all weird. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> because you competed so valiantly, Brendan is going to be rewarded with a DVD copy of the 1983 David Lynch science fiction masterpiece, Dune. Yay! Kyle McLaughlin, Patrick Stewart, it's amazing. Congratulations. I'm sorry, Suzette, because you lost the game. We have a terrible prize for you. And that's going to be a DVD copy of the 1983 David Lynch disaster, Dune. Have you seen this movie. It's a disaster! I also loved uh, Boo Boo Darlin's uh, performance of Norma, and so she 
It starts off with her as the uh, Twin Pe Miss Twin Peaks, and then goes to her as the waitress, and she's she's pouring coffee and she's doing routine. And to me, I thought it was really interesting because you kind of feel like she's not happy. She's tired of this life, and she want she thought at least I made a whole story out of it, and I thought hey, that's really great, cool. Right? That's really good. Story. Lulu Darling is a phenomenal performer, just in general. She's great, um, and she when she does that act, the thing that's funny to me about it is well, she's she's a real waitress. She waits tables at this wonderful restaurant called Prune in New York City. And she's wonderful at serving people. She always makes people feel welcome um, and happy when, you know, she's talking to them, whether she's serving you at a table or just, you know, hanging out with you in real life. So she has that kind of natural, like, Norma vibe to her. But, you know, there's, you know, Norma also is kind of like, you know, she's been there for a long time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she's yeah. got her own problems that you don't see. That She's always, like, hiding behind that, that smile. So I think mm -hmm. that makes the act interesting, too. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage... Audrey Horn. It, it's brilliant that Bunny Buxom did her uh, Audrey Horn act because you would definitely want to see an Audrey Horn act at Twin Peaks Palacio. Mm -hmm. It's an excellent act. But Bunny also has a Ronette Pulaski act <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is probably one of the mo most disturbing acts I've seen in the history of the Pink Room. Because wow. it's, I, I feel yeah. like you could just kind of imagine. It's really simple, but Bunny does such an amazing job of just bringing out the raw emotions involved in. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Margaret Lanterman, AKA the Log Lady. Amelia Bearpark, uh Log Lady is like standard in this show. Like, and it's, yeah. it's always so good. And Amelia is such a big part of the show. Um, and it's, it's amazing. And again, you would want to see the Log Lady, but she also has an incredible Pete Martell act. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, wow. Oh my god! You that's, have to see that. That's, that's kind of like a. It's kind of like a cast favorite. Like I feel when we went on tour and we got to see that every night, it became kind of the uh, one. At least that I would always look forward to. Now it's after midnight and it's uh, April first. Don't trust anything. Less of all your creepy fucking friends. But I'd also like to send a shout out. Uh, we've got a couple of friends of the show who are celebrating birthdays tonight. First of all, Ben from Twin Peaks Unwrapped podcast. Happy birthday, brother! Happy birthday. I would make me very happy that both of you were there at midnight and you both had birthdays mm -hmm. and you're both two of the biggest Twin Peaks fans I know. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Awesome. It's very special. This is the portion of the show where you get to compete for fabulous prizes. <laughs> we're having a raffle. 889 0 0. That's it? It's legit. What's your name, sir? Ben. Ben? From the Twin Peaks podcast. He, he just won the raffle on his birthday. Thank you, Shelly. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of serendipity that I enjoy profoundly. It was rigged. <laughs> yeah. The host of a Twin Peaks podcast, getting the front row and winning the raffle. Uh, Everything was, came uh, up then. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, had a, I had a really good time. I was gleeful. I was very happy. I think this is probably the best birthday I've ever had. You can't beat You can't beat that, <laughs> That is awesome. You guys really put on a great show. It really is. I would recommend to anybody so, to go see The Pink Room. That you know, And that also means a lot because obviously you are super fans mm. of the world of Twin Peaks. You yeah. know, you've also hung on to your fandom for 25 years. You have committed time and energy of your art, continuing to keep it alive. When fans like you have this amazing time at the show, it means like, oh, well then all of those little details and those little those little deep cut references, they all landed on the on the absolute intended audience. And sure then did. fandom at time can be a kind of a tricky thing where it's so passionate, but it can also be so very unforgiving in a way that like unforgiving quality seems to embolden one's fandom. Oh, mm. this they missed this one detail. That that key prop was in the wrong shape because mm -hmm. it makes you feel like you're more into it. So when people who are are like really passionate fans come and then go on about, and then say things 
in front of an audience like it was best birthday ever. Well, yeah. <laughs> then it feels like they, all these weirdos did a really good job. <laughs> the Joe's Pub shows have always been the Miss Twin Peaks pageant. So this was one in between pageants. And uh, I thought it was expertly curated, Francine. I thought it was a a great selection of the characters that somebody attending a show with that description would expect to see with, but still having some surprises. So it didn't feel like it was pandering. I thought it was a perfectly balanced show. Can you tell us how can people follow you and get more information about what you guys do? You can follow me on a bunch of different places. Uh, I, you can always find me. I'm on Twitter all the time. So you can find me there at Francine D um, or the pink room uh, is at pink room Burley Q on Twitter and uh, we're on Facebook we're on Instagram my website's FrancineBurlesque.com and uh, yeah I hope you check us out and uh, check out the pink room and if you live in a city outside New York tell us where you would like to see us because we're hoping to go on tour at some point again. And you can find all of my stuff at shaferthedarklord.com, which is uh, S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R, thedarklord.com. You can find my stuff everywhere. It's on iTunes and Bandcamp and Amazon and Spotify and Google Play and Pandora. If they, if they play music, um, they've got some of my nonsense there. Nice. 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 Well, thank you so much. <laughs> it, it was I had so much fun. Yeah. And it's great to have you on. And, uh, yeah. January. We're coming. We're going. The Miss Twin Peaks. We're can't going, wait. Yes, can't wait. Countdown starts today. Yeah. Do you want a small nugget of trivia before we go? I love yeah. tr- Sure. Did you know that Frank Silva, who plays Killer Bob, and Michael Anderson, who plays the man from another place, do you know that they share a birthday? They have the same birthday. Not only was it Halloween, but it was Halloween night for both of us. So just the, the, the correspondence between the characters that we play and the fact that it's Halloween, wow. We had to stop shooting, you know, today when we heard about it. <laughs> All right, now we're on the phone with John Thorne, the godfather of Twin Peaks. <laughs> Author of The Essential Wrapped in Plastic, Pathways to Twin Peaks. Hey, John. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Good, good. So, John, you and I were in New York on uh, March 31st. You want to talk about yes. that? Yes. Uh, Showtime contacted me about a week before that or so and was interested in having me participate in a documentary or some sort of promotional material that they're doing uh, about Twin Peaks. They had originally hoped I could go down to the South by Southwest in Austin since it's so close to Dallas, but that didn't work out. Instead, they actually flew me into New York City and put me up in a nice hotel and uh, had an opportunity then to go into the Showtime headquarters in New York Mm. and uh, be interviewed on camera about uh, Twin Peaks, about the old show, about the fan reaction to the show, some of the history of the show, and that was really exciting. I went because there was some events going that evening, uh, the Pink Room Barlesque, and (laughs) Silencio had an event. So there was two events, and they were somewhat close together. It's like, this seems like a great opportunity to go and check these things out. And so got to New York, and I said, oh, maybe I can meet up with John. I figured John already had done his interview. And I think we were talking about having, you know, dinner or two together. So I call you up, John, and I said, oh, well, you know, see about getting together. And you were running late, right? Yeah, well, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, so, yeah, the plane that uh, you know, I, I was coming in on, it got delayed for various reasons. They were very silly reasons, actually. Mm. We, were, we had to circle New York. And I'm just chomping at the bit because I'm looking at my watch, and I know I've got to be at showtime at 4.30. Yeah, and John, it was raining. It was pouring in New York. And I I got off the bus and I was like, oh, I should give John a call. And you were running late. And so I said, why don't I walk towards Showtime office? I figured out where to go. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll get some food. I hadn't eaten since breakfast. So it was probably like 2.30 or something. Uh It's like, I'll find some food and then I'll see John after his interview. And I I didn't know what I wanted to eat. So I just kept walking and walking. And I eventually got to Showtime's (laughs) office and John still wasn't there. So I was like, I'll wait for him and maybe... We can get something to eat afterwards or something. I hadn't eaten anything either. I hadn't even had any coffee that day. I mean, it was just like a wreck. And uh, it was pouring rain. I got out of the car. You were waiting for me right there. And we went into Showtime together. We went into the the main lobby, and I kind of said, Ben needs to come upstairs with me. And so (laughs) they had to call up and confirm whether that was allowable, and it it was okay. And so at that point, I didn't care about anything. (laughs) Just like, whatever, we're going up. And so then the door opened, and... And there is the poster for the new Twin Peaks right yeah. across from the That's elevator cool. of Laura Palmer. 
and we knew we had arrived right then. We, oh, knew, yeah. we knew we were in the <laughs> we were in the right, we place. Were in the right place. <laughs> yeah. So, awesome. any food, had anything to eat or drink, and uh, I got whisked in. They sat me down. They uh, put did the hair and makeup thing, which was really treated me kind of like nice. a VIP. And uh, they got me a cup of coffee, which was great. Oh, nice. And before I knew it, I was sitting in front of the camera, and uh, they started the interview. I think the interview was 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes long. I was in the lobby at this time, so I was just sitting. Right. I, I, got to, I got to the basically right before they go in to do the interview, I got to sit out in the lobby. Yeah, you were sitting out there. I don't know how long you were out there. Probably an hour. Yeah, right? about an hour. But I, was, I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, uh, Peter. Peter Dom comes by. <laughs> so I was like, hey Peter, hey, Peter long time no see. <laughs> So That's it was, awesome. It was cool. Peter was doing an interview as well. So, yeah. So I, after my interview, I was talking to some of the Showtime people who were in charge of promoting Twin Peaks. And I was kind of inundating them with questions, and they couldn't answer any of them. Uh, I, and um, so we were talking, and, and the woman, Ashmi was her name, very nice uh, woman who uh, works at Showtime. She was asking a lot about their effort that they've been doing to reach out to fans and embrace the fans and bring them on board the promotion of Twin Peaks. And just at that moment, someone popped their head in and said, you know, our security guard has to leave, which means you and your friend are going to have to go. And I said, you got to bring Ben in here. He needs to be talking to Ashmi. you got to bring him in. And so... Yeah. He was like, yeah, what, what's he doing out there? Bring him in. So they went and got you, Ben, and brought you in to talk about all the Showtime promotion that they're doing. Yeah. That's cool. And so this woman does all the social media for Showtime Twin Peaks. So wow. when it comes to the, the Twitter account, the Tumblr account, she was asking about Tumblr. And I said, oh, I wish Brian was here yes, to talk about I Tumblr. I got the Tumblr yeah, going right. for us. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter. So, yeah, so she, she does it all. So, wow. like, sometimes I think people think there's a team of people doing social media. I think she is the person that. Wow. that That's a lot of work. It's it's a lot is. Of work. It is. Yeah. We should say she is a fan of Twin Peaks from when it first aired. Awesome. I mean, she was not just a new person or someone they assigned to this. Mm. She was a long-time fan. She watched it when it first aired in 1990. So that's great that they've got someone who's in, you know, knows the show that's, and is yeah, invested yeah. in the show. That was cool. And I think she was, and, saying, and I think I think she was thing, saying about uh, that uh, for her work, she started rewatching it over and over again. So I don't remember if she said like she watched it three times over, but wow. she watched it a lot nice. just to prepare for uh, the work she was doing. Yeah. And I think the big thing we learned, and it wasn't much, was they do not refer to it. Of course, this, by the time this gets out on your podcast, it's like it's old news. It's already kind of established. But we didn't realize until the moment she said, we do not call it season three. It is not Twin Peaks season three. It is Twin Peaks The Return. Mm, yeah. And so that was sort of the big, even though it's so tiny, <laughs> it was yeah. like, oh, we got something. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> it's so fu- it, it's so funny because it was there all along. I even like was I think last night I yeah. was rewatching like their ads and like even like you know Cooper in the black and he comes out of the black and then it ends with the return. And so it was in all their promotion, but I never put it together that oh yeah, right? that's what they're calling us. In a way, you could almost say this is like Twin Peaks the movie, the eighteen hour movie yeah. called the return. The return, but, yeah, yeah. But they were very deliberate about saying it is not season three. That was very clear. Mm. That they said that, it, and it's called the return. So yeah, we kind of knew it was called the return, but we were still calling it season three as well. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think they think of it that way for mm, whatever no. reason. Maybe that's a clue to something. I don't know. But well, yeah. uh, Brian and I were uh, talking about this from a marketing perspective. Yeah, they, I think they want to make sure they get people that maybe haven't even seen season one or two. I think I so think sometimes too. people get right. discouraged where like, oh, I can't go into this because there's all this other episodes. I think yeah. they, they want to say, hey, it's its own thing, even though I think it helps. Yeah, I, it's like um, I, I feel yeah. like when you put a number like all shows we're watching now, there's a continuation year after year. It goes, it goes. But with Twin Peaks, such a huge right. gap. If you if you said season three, yeah, it has baggage. So yeah. then people are like, so there's two seasons I gotta watch. Thirty episodes. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, yeah. And, but if you're like, oh, the return. Well, maybe I can hop in and watch this yeah. and know yeah. nothing about the past, and that's cool. And for everybody else who knows everything, it's a bonus. Right. But I mean, I agree. I think they're trying to find that balance, uh, and I think Lynch and Frost, uh, from the beginning when they were, you know, creating the new work, were trying to establish a way that it will allow people to watch it and and enjoy it 
without really having to know about the backstory. Yeah. But at the same time, everyone who's obviously been so invested in it for so many years will still be rewarded. It will still you know, enjoy it, too, yeah. uh, maybe in a slightly different way. You know, I, I kind of think, and this is not a good analogy at all, but I think of the movie Aliens by James Cameron, which mm-hmm. he made like seven years after the first Alien movie. And you didn't have to see Alien to totally love Aliens. You, know, mm-hmm. you could watch it, and, and, it, and but they referred to it. They kind of told you in the story what had happened, you know, to, the, to Ripley. Yeah. And I think maybe we're going to get some sort of hand-holding at the beginning that will establish you know, some of the facts of the series, mm. and then and that's it, and then we're done, and we get those resolved or, uh, over time. You know, you don't need to know about little Mickey. You don't need to know <laughs> yeah, about... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to know about chess. You don't need to know about any of that. Yeah, I agree. You just need to know that yeah. there was some murder and some disappearance, and that's it. So, uh, John, yeah. do you want to talk about those events? and, and what Sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, so, you know, uh, so after uh, the interview, Ben and Peter and I, we trudged through the rain <laughs> to, <laughs> to my hotel room and uh, tried to dry off a little bit. And we had hamburgers there, which was great. They put me up in a really, really nice place. Oh, yes. and, uh, and we had a little time to chat and visit. And then we uh, went over to see Silencio. It was a, it was a nice little place. Came out and played for an hour. And they had a good crowd show up. Mm. I mean, it was pretty full. I had never seen them play before. I obviously heard them on your show and knew mm. about them. I got a chance to meet uh, some of the, the people from the band, the lead singer, Dessa, mm. and then yet sort of the lead guitar player who's kind of the lead of the band. Mm. Kirk, wonderful people, so pleasant and nice to talk to. And they, the performance was just astounding. It was mm. it was just really, really great to be there live and hear them uh, play. So I really enjoyed that. That was like a highlight for me, I think, was, was Silencio. Oh, yeah. And did you have a favorite song that they played? World Spins, of course.
Okay. You know, I love I love the world spins. Oh, yeah. So because uh, you know, I, I, hey, but you know what? The, I think the song that works the the best for me was Falling. Thank you. 
that, I, you really uh, felt like you were transported to the world of Twin Peaks. That was very powerful. Mm. Enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, she's yeah. good. She's I had really such a good, good. time. We, yeah. were, we were there, uh, I think, last August. It yeah. was such a good time. It was yeah. so, I, yeah, I was just like in that move by, it's like, oh, I feel like I'm part of Twin Peaks here, just hearing yeah, the band. Yeah. And, and they were awesome. And then by 11, we had gone to uh, Joe's Pub, and that's where the Pink Room was performing. The Francine's always been asking us to go, but you got to go. I'm so happy. I know. You got to go. So we got to Joe's Pub. Uh, and it was a much bigger place than I expected. I felt like we walked into like a big, you know, theater lobby. It was well lit and it was huge. It had vast ceilings and and, and it was, it was really lit up. I was just going with the flow. Whatever happened, happened. And uh, (laughs) I didn't know what, honestly, what this, uh, show was going to be like. And then this show started and it it was different, (laughs) but it was fun. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, the the host, uh, he played Albert for part of it, and he played Gordon Cole for part of it, and he was a delight, yeah. and uh, he was telling a lot of inside jokes, which was fun mm-hmm. for the Twin Peaks crowd. And, and I will admit to your audience right now, I had a really, really strong drink. <laughs> so I was just enjoying every moment of everything uh, after that. And and uh, I, I know you probably don't want to get into all the personal stuff, but Ben, it was kind of a special night for you, too, right? So when midnight came, it became my birthday. So yes. I was there for my birthday. Did they bring you on stage? I was practically on the stage. It was, it was definitely a yeah, delight. It, it was a delight. You got a great raffle gift, too. I mean, you got the, the David Lynch signature coffee in, yes. and among... A bunch of other goodies in that bag, which was which was really neat. John saw that I was doing a raffle. He's like, "You want to do that raffle for the David Lynch coffee, don't you?" It's like, yes, "Yes, I do." And I and I and I have it, and I have it. I'm gonna save it for the uh, the first episode of the new season. There, nice, like, oh, yes, yes. perfect. I mean, that was kind of a, a very uh, crazy uh, birthday there to be able to see Silencio and to be able to see the Pink Room and to hang out with the Godfather Father of Twin, Twin Peaks. Peaks. I mean, really, I can tell you, <laughs> 15, what a birthday, yeah. Ben. 16, 17-year-old Ben would never have dreamed that on his birthday he'd be hanging out with John Thorne. Uh, if you could go back and tell your 17-year-old version of you, your your brain would be blown. Know, like, like, what? No, that couldn't happen. How could that happen? Uh, At a burlesque show with the Godfather <laughs> Twin Peaks? <laughs> no way. Oh, my God. You guys are crazy. You guys are crazy. <laughs> anyway, Pink Room show was fun. I, I thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it. Delight in the way different people find a way to express themselves through Twin Peaks. It's yeah, that's what Twin Peaks is. Cool. Right? Yeah. People do their art or they do their writing or they uh, they make their jewelry or they perform on stage. Uh, and it's all inspired by Twin Peaks. You could tell. Without a doubt, that all those people on the stage loved Twin Peaks. Yeah, they yeah, they, they respected it. They were fans of it. They were enjoying it. And and um, what more can you ask for? So, John, uh, next month, I think we're going to try to get you on the show to talk about the straight story. Um, I think we're really looking yeah. forward to that. Joel will be on. So uh, next next month, right before the new season comes back, we'll get you on. I'm excited. Okay, right. Can you uh, tell people how they can follow you? Tell them about your book? Well, April 11th is the one-year anniversary of the publication of my book, uh-huh. uh, the, the Essential Wraps in Plastic, and uh, it's available on Amazon as a hard copy or as uh, a Kindle for digital copy. It's been out a year, and it's, I just want to thank everyone out there who's bought my book because it's been a wonderful year uh, for me uh, mm-hmm. to have that book out there. So so anyway, yeah, it's out on Amazon, and you can always uh, check my blog above the convenience store at blogspot.com, uh, and uh, follow me on Twitter at Thorn Whip. And I definitely recommend following him on Twitter because he was sharing some pictures I had never seen with Audrey and uh, for yes. the pilot there. I thought yeah. that was a really Behind cool thing. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely recommend people yeah. follow you. Thanks. I, you know, I've got oh, I've got a, a number of things, you know, in my collection and, and you know, I, every once in a while I uncover something really interesting and I just, I tweet it out so people can see it, share it. Thank you, John Thorne. Thank you to Francine the Lucid Dream. And thank you to Schaefer the Dark Lord for coming on the show and talking to us. Yeah, uh, awesome show. It. I had to 
live the weekend through you <laughs> and getting to hear everybody talk about their experience. Boy, I missed out. But yeah, Ben, I, I was so you. happy for oh, you. Thanks, yeah. I and, wish you were there. I do. Like you sent me photos and I was stuck home, uh doing I had other things going on. I couldn't leave. But I was like, Oh, look at the picture. He's at showtime. Oh, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm like saying to my girlfriend, I'm so happy for Ben. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. I hope to see him on that documentary or whatever the showtime is going to do with this footage. I hope to see you. I hope to see John Thorne. I hope to see everybody. My dream is before episode one or part one or whatever it's called, that they, they do a half an hour of fandom of Twin Peaks and we get to see you guys. That's what I hope they do. That would be awesome. Yeah. That, fingers crossed on yeah. that one. What an amazing trip you had. And January, you and me, we're going to go see Miss Twin Peaks pageant. I'm so jealous you got to see this. It was so much. It really was so much fun. I really recommend everybody try and and see. And not even just the Twin Peaks uh, ones. Francine does other David Lynch burlesque uh, events. Yeah. I I think she's talking about Dune. I mean, it would be anything you you could see. Mohan Drive. And they promote on their Twitter, like they said. Right. And uh, Francine's a David Lynch movie. I want that to be available for everybody to check out. Yeah. yeah. She's got to make it available to buy. Definitely. Definitely. So with that... All being said, we must end today's show. But before we go, you can send us right now. We are trying to gather stuff for our 100th episode. So you, the fan, the community member, please give us a call at 866-8-UNWRAP. U-N-W-R-A-P. Spell that out on your phone. Leave us a message. Just start off by saying, this is for your 100th episode. But if you don't want to do that, and you just want to call in and leave a leave a comment, a question, or you could do it the old-fashioned way, TwinPeaksUnwrapped at gmail.com. Ben is always on the Twitter at uh, TwinPeaksUnwrapped. Love that Twitter. I mean, uh, there is a Twitter's great the community. They are, they, are, they are just so awesome. I just love them. And I, I got to say, uh, it was... I, I felt I felt a little special during the weekend when uh, you guys were in New York. Someone posted a picture of Peter Dom, John Thorne, and you. Yeah, John, I think did that. Yeah. Yeah, and someone said in the comments, "I'm waiting for um, my handle. Uh, I'm waiting for Brian to come down in the elevator or something like that." <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Yes. I was like, "Oh, okay, that's cool that someone even mentioned me. That's yes. cool." So. That was nice. So yeah, you, ne- you never mentioned, like, so what is your Twitter handle? Damn Fine Java. Damn Fine Java. Damn Fine Java. I love your uh, background of uh, Cooper and Audrey there drinking coffee. Yes, it's all coffee themed. Then I got right. Cooper drinking coffee there. <laughs> and it was kind of cool that someone mentioned me in a, uh, in the tweet there. So that was nice that they were like, hey, where's Brian? Right. Yeah, that's kind of cool. We're inseparable. Yeah, I mean, we, I know. We, we go everywhere. Yes. Where's Brian? Where's Brian? <laughs> you guys are doing a Twin Peaks thing, and what, what happened? Yeah. And Facebook, we are, as of recording this, I'm going to say that we're so close of hitting our goal to 450. We're at 448 likes. Oh, come on. I only need two more likes. Two more likes. So if you're I, listening to this and you have not liked our Facebook page, go right now and like us. And I'm going to set a new goal because I know we're going to hit 250 in in the next hour. Uh, I'll set a new goal. If we can hit 475 maybe in the next week or two, I think that would be amazing. That would be awesome. I love it. And iTunes, please, we are getting five-star reviews. We're getting the comments. We appreciate it. So if you haven't done it yet, go on iTunes. Give us that five-star review. You can leave us a comment if you like. The more the merrier, because that will put us up against the big, the big boys in the iTunes um, podcast world, and um, it will get us seen by others. If you like this show, or you liked another one of our shows? Why don't you let people know that on iTunes? Yeah, definitely. So, with all that out of the way, Ben, I guess that was today's show, and I have to say it was one of the best shows we've ever recorded. You say that every week. I do, but every week I think we top ourselves. Well, it's, we have a great community, and we, we have wonderful people that come on the show and share their love of Twin Peaks. Yeah. And so I thought we'd leave the show with the last song Silencio played, which was The Sycamore Tree.
our last song, folks. We thank you very much for coming out. We are so next We'll see you again in a few months. We'll be back to wonderful New York.
Thank you.